Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 76 of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and today's guest is Swift Sensors COO Ray Almgren, who joins us to talk about some of the challenges of implementing industrial IoT systems in manufacturing, from establishing ROI to working with legacy systems. For those of you unfamiliar with Swift Sensors, they have the belief internally that their goal is to make it easy to deploy sensors and analyze sensor data, which will then enable companies across various industries to be able to use them in places they've never been able to be used before. But before we get into this episode, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our wonderful partners over at Core Connect. They believe that things should be simple and they deliver on that promise every day with decades of combined hardware experience and know-how to engineer, manufacture, and deliver the first time. Core Connect is an end-to-end hardware solutions provider, enabling businesses to provide world-class custom IoT solutions at scale and at disruptive price points. From initial design to the assembly line, Core Connect specializes in a wide range of customized IoT products, all built in the USA. One of the fantastic things about Core Connect is that they can take any concept and transform it into workable prototypes in as little as six weeks. They think outside of the box and give you what you want, not kind of sort of what you want, but they give you exactly what you want the first time around. Core Connect specifically designs for manufacturing it to optimize production from day one. CE or PTCRB, IP, FCC certification assistance is also available. So make sure you check them out. Make sure you reach out to Core Connect, ask them how they can deliver their extraordinary results for you. And if you do get a chance to talk to Ali, tell him that his friends at IoT for All said hello. All right. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode with the CEO of Swift Sensors, Ray Almgren. Welcome, Ray, to the IoT for All podcast. How are things going down in Austin? Uh, you know, great, Ryan. Um, you know, as, as good as it could be in the middle of COVID, we're all <laughs> pushing through and uh, doing the best we can. But just like everywhere in the, in the world, and things are moving on despite Absolutely. all of our challenges. That's great. Yeah, I've been to Austin many times for South by Southwest. It's a good, it's a lot of fun down there. A lot of good food. Yeah, too. there's a lot of tech down here. It's, yes. it really is. A, it's a it's a really nice, diverse environment. Uh, yeah, great. Can't, can't I've lived here my entire life. Oh, that's fantastic. I know a lot of people actually moved down to Austin from like New York and and the New Jersey area to either retire or to just live in a different city, you know, young professional. Um, and incredibly, like they love the experience. It's an incredible experience to be down that way. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great town. And I, yeah, I think the number of uh, people that move in is like some number, like a hundred something Jeez. plus per day. I don't know. Wow. It's great. But yeah, no, I, yeah, I love our town. It's very cool. One. Well, right. Let me, let's, let's start off here with having you give a quick introduction to our audience. So they get a little more insight into you, your background experience, you know, how you ended up at Swift, that kind of thing. Yeah. So great question, Ryan. Um, so I'm, um, my, my technical background is electrical engineering. I went to the university of Texas here in Austin and, uh, went, uh, two weeks after I graduated, I worked, I went to a company called national instruments, uh, which is a really well-known company in, in sensors and measurement. And, uh, I, I spent about 29 years there. So, uh, in, spent a lot of time and in, in understanding how to communicate with measurement systems and embedded control and, and all that. And uh, the, the CEO of that company is a, a national Academy of engineers, really, really top notch engineer. And, and so um, I, yeah, I was really fortunate to be able to learn from him and, and be able to, uh, spend a, you know, a lot of time in both the business and, and extremely technical side of what we did. And, uh, I was able to move on and, and 
came to Swift Sensors in 2016 and uh, it basically got to kind of do the same thing I did two years out of college, which was try to reinvent measurements this time instead of with the personal computer, which is what I did in 1987 with National Instruments. Now it's with wireless cloud-based systems with IoT. So for me, I, you know, it's kind of like trying to do it once again um, with a, with a different technology platform, which, you know, is going to be the future. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm very fortunate to be able to try to apply the same basic measurement concepts to a different platform that will obviously be the future of how measurements are made. That's fantastic. Can you talk a little bit more about what Swift Sensors does kind of, you know, in your own words and the role you all play in the IoT space? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're all about making simple configurations of measurements for, for, for any application, just make it simple so that you could deploy a measurement that you need to monitor temperature or pressure or motion or vibration without having to have any real technical background, without having to have a deep understanding of how these Wi-Fi and these inner ethernet and all this other stuff is configured. And, and so instead of worrying about the IOT technology, if you will, instead you're just worried about, you know, is my refrigerator working? Is my pump working? So that's really what we're trying to do is, is just deliver a simple sensor measurement system that takes advantage of IOT, but, but is not something that we're trying to, you know, we're not trying to make IOT their problem. It's our problem. We're trying to help them understand how to better monitor and improve the operational efficiency. Right. Of so the how business. does the approach you all are taking um, kind of differ from other sensor and hardware manufacturers and companies in the IOT space right now? Yeah, that's a great question, Ryan. You know, um, it's, it's hard for me to say that, you know, we're, we're completely different than A or B. What I can say is that our focus is on simplicity. We, we are trying so hard uh, to make sure that whoever our customer is, they don't really have to understand the details of the networking or the uh-huh. Wi-Fi uh, or even the sensors. Although, you know, understanding what the measurements mean is is still pretty important. And, and that, Ryan, that comes from our, our, our owner and founder, Dean Draco. So um, people who uh, know Dean Draco know that he, he started a number of companies, but one of the more famous companies that he started was Barracuda Networks and they completely grew and became successful because of simplicity. It was all about, in their case, it was simple email um, uh, filtering for spam. And so he just took out all the complexity from all these other more significant and and, and sophisticated sure. systems and said, no, we can do it in a very simple way. And so, so that really permeates okay. our approach. Um, and that's, you know, the success we have, I think has been largely due to that. It's just like, make the measurements, make sure you're monitoring, make sure the quality of service is very high, bake all that into the tech, but make sure that it is as simple as you can possibly be. 
And, and I think that's why we've had the success we've had. That's fantastic. Now, do you all focus on certain industries or use cases, or I guess on top of that, are there any use cases you're able to discuss to kind of make it a little bit more real for our audience so you can kind of see how, you know, what you all do and, and focus on? Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. So I'll, I'll answer uh, both questions separately, starting with the first. So the focus of, and I think it's probably the same for most companies like ours that are in the IoT space, is on those markets and those applications that are best suited today mm-hmm. for what IoT can produce. So, um, you know, there's some, there's some, kind of, if you will, low hanging fruit applications, temperature monitoring is, is a big issue. In in fact, go back to my days when I worked at national instruments, you know, we connected to pretty much all the world's sensors. And so we had the data, uh, we knew every measurement that was made in, in what percentages. And it turns out that like 80%, if not more of all the measurements in the world are temperature. And so, um, temperature is a big deal. I mean, it, it turns out whether you're at the macroeconomic scale of global warming or you're trying to produce uh, a semiconductor or you're tr- trying to cook a hamburger, the temperature has got to be right. And if it's not right, everything mm-hmm. is messed up. So that, that goes. So, so things that need good temperature monitoring to ensure there's quality, there's, you know, there's no spoilage, there's, there's no loss, um, is, it's low hanging fruit. And so it could be restaurants or it could be hotels. It could be food service, food manufacturing, anything where temperature is a critical element and you can add a monitoring system at a very low cost. That's like, that is the fruit of IOT monitoring right now. So that's one. The second is in manufacturing operations where they've got a lot of capital equipment and many of this, these systems don't, don't have kind of the digital footprint that some of the more advanced stuff does. And, and that's not because these companies are, are behind the times it's because they've got you know very expensive machines that work extremely well that were produced who knows 10 15 20 30 years ago and they work great but they don't get the information from them that they would like in, in operational efficiency utilization that that kind of thing and so those are great applications for an IoT s- implementation of wireless sensors where you can measure things like, is the thing moving? Is it on, you know, what's its utilization? And we can significantly help manufacturing organizations to better understand how their system is operating without them having to make a capital investment of new equipment, which is not really necessary if the equipment's working well, but you just don't know, you know, how well it's working. So that's another great uh, application. And then the third, I would say, is just um, the facility monitoring, you know, knowing more about your facility. Obviously, the HVAC stuff, that's pretty, I won't say well-developed, but there's a lot of, you know, innovation there uh, because of energy conservation and, and optimization. But there's a lot about facilities that, 
uh, you know, are not monitored. And I, and I think as we're learning now, because of the need to protect people with COVID, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. Uh, where, um, you know, making sensors in, in whether it's buildings or in an employment place that, you know, that can help understand safety. And not, you know, not just as a COVID thing, but I think in general, I think that we're all more aware that, you know, if there's ways to automate measurement to improve safety of the personnel and the employees, that's a good absolutely. thing. Absolutely. If we can do it, if we can do it a low cost way, why not? Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you guys are building your, um, your systems, are you handling kind of all the different components of an IOT solution in house? Or are you all really focused solely on kind of the sensor piece and you work with partners on the connectivity side, on the uh, cloud side, on the, you know, UI application side, like how did, how do you kind of fit in a typical IOT solution development um, process, if you will? Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, that may be, Maybe our best differentiator is we do it all. We're a small company, but that's how we could deliver the simplicity. So we develop the sensor. We develop all the code that goes on the sensor. We develop the gateway and all the code that goes on it. And we develop the back end and the UI for the cloud-based system. It's a lot of work, um, but we believe that that's how we can deliver the simplicity and the user experience, particularly for these these small to medium businesses that do not have development teams, you know, that that can integrate these. And they're, they're fantastic. As you well know, there are fantastic tools for IOT development, cloud-based sensor. I mean, they're fantastic. Um, That, you know, we're trying to shoot for an experience that, you know, a smaller business can, can embrace and deploy and get a quick return uh, without having to have a development team or, or, or that. And, and again, I'm not disparaging that at all. Those are fantastic tools. That's just not the market we're going after. Yeah, absolutely. I totally get it. So are you guys more focused on the smaller to medium sized businesses to, or are you, do you kind of focus more on the larger enterprise type customers? I would say we're still small and medium. The enterprise, um, you know, that may come uh, over time. Um, you know, first of all, I think the the large enterprise customers are are going to be somewhat hesitant to embrace you know external technology. They're going to want to deploy it themselves. I, you know, I will say without giving any you know company names, we we talk to a lot of people. Hey, we we like your sensors, we like this, but can we can we have this without the code? Can we have this without the console? Can we have this without the cloud? And all of those are completely legitimate questions, but for our business model, that's just, you know, we're not going to split our pieces up because that's not our value add. I mean, we're, we're really good at solving problems for people who, you know, just want to monitor and know it's going to work. And they get peace of mind that if something happens, they'll be alerted and they'll know what's going on. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. So if with a focus on kind of that kind of customer, and it seems like you obviously have a, a decent amount of um, focus on the manufacturing space, can you take me through a typical customer engagement when it can provide some advice when it comes to that decision-making process for choosing a sensor system that's right for their business? Cause I'm sure, you know, there are probably tons of questions that companies have when they get started down their 
their IoT journey and they're looking into you know what your company does and how to choose the correct system. I mean, everything from the trade-offs of the size of the sensor, you know, what kind of connectivity do they need? What does battery life need to look like? So can you just talk a little bit more about that decision-making process and the advice you would have for listeners out there looking to kind of go down that journey and when they're looking into a sensor system itself? Yeah, so that is absolutely probably the best way to frame the question that matters for any business that's trying to determine, you know, whether a wireless sensor system can improve their productivity. Um, you know, it starts from my perspective with, can we make the measurements that you need to give you the insight that will help you run your business? kind of a first, you know, so what do you, what, what is it you need to monitor that will help you understand? And that's, that's really a function of the company or the, 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 you know, the, the people in that operation saying, well, we need to know this. We need to know the temperature. We need to know the, the frequency at which this happens, or we need to know the vibration. And so I, I think it starts with, you know, and the, can the vendor that we're talking to measure the things that matter to our operation? And it's possible that the vendor can help them understand that as well. So then the other challenges come with the uh, basic infrastructure in an IoT system to reliably deliver the measurement data from these sensors uh, back to some system that, you know, they can use to analyze and, and understand what's going on. And, um, you know, there, that's where the, the menagerie of technology comes in. And, you know, it's all about, you know, is there the quality of service? Do you have the options to go with an Ethernet or a power over Ethernet or Wi-Fi or cellular? And in the end, the IoT company really needs to make that transparent. It just, it just needs to work. And I think that's the secret sauce that we deliver is don't worry about that. It works all the time. And when it doesn't work, we have a, you know, because sure, of sure, a sure, power sure. outage or, a, or you know, the, the, the Wi-Fi provider went down for, you know, 30 minutes or so, uh, having the backups to, to do that. And then, and then I think the, the third part that's critically important, um, is the, the interface that the user has to understand what the data is and how does this matter for my operation? Is it produced simply and in a way that is they're easily able then either to import it into maybe their manufacturing execution system or whatever tool, maybe if they're, you know, a food service, they've probably got some kind of a restaurant management system, uh, that they can use to make better decisions. And, and I think, you know, the, the first two are kind of the nuts and bolts, because if you can't do that, you really, you can't really solve a problem. But the third one is where the maximum value comes because these people want to make better decisions about their facility, their operations, you know, whatever. And to the extent that we can give them insight, that, that fits into their system, their manufacturing system or their, you know, facility management system, that's when the real value uh, starts to show up and they, they start believing in IOT. Uh, 
Yeah, and I think it also is important to tie in other aspects to to the ROI that they're looking for to solve the problem. Obviously, the insights are fantastic and they'll help the company. But the com- you know, it's important for companies to also you know put some kind of value on what it would cost to solve the problem for them, because that you know, especially for small and medium sized businesses, the cost is a very big factor in any type of new venture on the techni- technology side. Um, obviously, integrating with legacy systems has a cost. Um, changing a process has a cost. You know, the physical hardware and just the implementation of the project itself has a cost. And it, they need to be able to see that return. So when you have spoken with companies and they're talking about the ROI they need to see to make this get past the pilot into a scale, what kind of challenges have you seen on the implementation side, particularly relating to manufacturing? Let's like stay on that topic. But when it comes to kind of matching the ROI of a customer with the actual implementation piece, where have you seen challenges um, kind of aligning those two? And how does that usually handled? Yeah. So um, I would say, particularly on the manufacturing side, if, if they have a known problem, or a known desire to improve efficiency, it's it's a really simple trade-off. It really is is the the math is unbelievably simple. If we can give them insight into you know how this particular piece of equipment is operating or its utilization or you know some other parameter that's that's relevant to the productivity of that manufacturing operation. It's a no-brainer at that point because you you can you can literally see the improvement in productivity relative to the cost of these systems, which are really low uh, compared to the cost of the capital equipment. So the manufacturing ROI is really only based, in my opinion, on can you measure something that they need to know that would efficiency. And then you look at the cost trade-off of that because of the low cost and the ability to scale with the cloud, the low cost of these wireless sensors, which, you know, because of the improvements in semiconductor technology and battery technology are really not, I mean, it's, it's a really low cost, like hundreds of bucks. Uh, that's a simple, simple trade-off. And so I think in this case, the manufacturing companies want to know that there is a quality of service that they can depend on and a reliability of the measurement that is accurate and they know is going to work. And if that's the case, then the ROI is trivial. I mean, it's like it's fallen off a log, which is why, you know, the small and medium manufacturing companies for us are, you know, are kind of our low hanging fruit. Right, it's, right. it's a great and they love what we can provide. When when it comes to that actually deployment of these solutions for those size customers, what challenges have you come across when it comes to building the end-to-end solution? You know, and and, and the reason the reason I'm asking is because you know, there's different ways to go about building the solution on, on each of the components if you take them individually. But at the end of the day, creating something that's going to 
work with their existing system and is going to be simple to not just deploy, but also use by end users um, that are probably not always technical. What challenges have you kind of come across or seen that are common and the approach to kind of get through them, or at least maybe the advice or mindset you have that a customer should, should kind of take going into this type of journey. Um, so to kind of provide a little bit of value to our audience who may be in the same kind of situation. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll start from a, a slightly technical point of view, based on the you know the, the the challenges we face in trying to produce a really high quality system, and that's kind of the fundamental need to have a very long range for your wireless sensor to be able to communicate back to your gateway that gets the data to the to the cloud, and then the battery life. And so that I, I think for all IOT companies like ours, I mean, that's the holy grail of making a, lo- a long enough range so that you can put your sensors wherever you need to make measurements you need to help you understand, you know, how your, your operation is working. And then, it, you know, if it's a battery powered and, and not all of them are battery powered, but that's one of the key values. If you, you know, if you can cut the, cut the cord, then you can use a battery um, is making sure that the life of that is significant and um, can, you know, give them a year or two or, or whatever that uh, is, is feasible for that. So that's, that's kind of a more on the technical side. And I'm, I'm saying that, you know, from more of the design side of what I work on, uh, I do think that's relevant. And to the extent that we can give them, you know, infinite range and infinite battery life, uh, IOT will grow forever and ever and ever and ever. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What, what, when it, when it comes to that kind of same thought, as far as where we are now in the market versus where we need to get to, in your opinion, to see adoption increase. Um, if we focus on that small to medium sized company, which we don't talk about too often on the podcast, so I think it's a really good talking point. Where do you see IOT needing to go for a dot? Or maybe it's not IOT itself. Maybe it's the, the manufacturing industries or the, you know, the size of the, the companies you're working, that kind of focus, where does it need to go to, in your opinion, to see adoption increase? I mean, is it a technology P play? Is it battery needs to be kind of improved? Is it, um, you know, the, the cost benefit becoming more clear, like where, where do you see really needing to mature or change in your perspective to see adoption really become more widespread? I think fundamentally it's always about power. Um, if we have power, we can do anything. And I mean, power in the sense of electrical power to, to power. Yes, 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 yes. Um, right. Because that's the Holy grail. Uh, you know, if you could plug these things in, you can make them do anything. Um, but the, the, the value of IOT is that, well, with a wireless device, you know, we could put it anywhere, which is what opens up like, 10 orders of magnitude, more measurements than you could get if it's, if it's wired. Um, but you know, the trade-offs we make internally to conserve power, to make sure, you know, we're doing everything we possibly can to give it the longest battery life, um, is, this is some ways a limiting factor. I, I'm, I'm very pleased with what we can do. The competitors of ours, we can all do great things, but in the end, everything, whether whether it's wireless sensors or mm-hmm. automobiles or your you know 
facility management, it's all about power. How much do you need? How much does it cost? And how efficiently can you deliver it? And I, you know, I'm optimistic that, you know, the lithium ion battery has done amazing things. It, it's it basically created our industry. Um, it's going to keep getting better. And, uh, you know, we're about to come out with a new platform that is going to give us 10x battery life just based on, you know, doing everything we possibly can to improve that. But yeah, it, to me, fundamentally, everything else is solved with power. You can get better range, you can get better measurements, you can get better everything, uh, but you've got to be able to manage the power. And, and I, you know, in the end, everything in life is dependent on, you know, how quick, how efficiently can you get energy out of your system? Right. Yeah. I think that applies, it applies across the board for kind of the benefits that an IOT solution can provide to make it worth their while to, to see the ROI and to continue to scale and deploy more. And that's where we all win in IOT, at least for the most part. So, so that's, you know, very, yeah, I mean, I think point. It, it's a trade-off, Ryan. I yeah, mean, you sure. know, when you go, when you go with the battery thing, you can't get it all. No. Right. And, you know, I think that's uh, that's our biggest limiting factor to adoption. We can't give them everything because we have to make trade-offs so that the battery doesn't go dead sure. in, you know, three months. It's also a hard conversation for customers to understand, especially companies who are not technical, um, understanding that there are these different factors that, you know, we have to make trade-offs on, whether it's the size of the sensor, the range of the connectivity, the length of the battery's life, the form factor of the hardware, you know, it all has to fit within a cost that makes the solution make sense for the company to solve the problem they're trying to solve. Because oftentimes one of those pieces doesn't line up, drives the cost up, and it just doesn't make economical sense for them to build the solution as much as it would be great to have. It's just they just can't justify it on a spreadsheet and it's hard to get buy-in from stakeholders higher up in the company. And, you know, oftentimes we see IoT solutions not getting past the pilot phase because of that. That's exactly right. And if you're in the, if you're in the, you know, the deep side of the development teams, I think in any of our companies, but I, I can say, you know, for, when I'm on our development calls three or four times a week, half of everything we talk about is optimizing the power. Because if we don't do that, they're not going to have a good solution. So we spend an inordinate amount of time making sure we do the best we can to give the best possible simplicity and performance without killing the battery. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted before as before we wrap up here, I wanted to um, ask about something you mentioned kind of earlier on in our discussion, which was around the employee or people safety that you're seeing in facilities and that being a growing problem that needs more attention from a solution standpoint, what type of issues are you seeing and what types of solutions are you in the process or have you seen develop that are working kind of actively to solve that problem since, you know, in the manufacturing space, the, the safety feature is something that is sometimes overlooked, but is also very important and can be solved with IOT when some people may not consider that. Right. Um, so, you know, I, as you can imagine, we've gotten so many calls and requests for different types of sensors that could improve the understanding of, of safety, whether it's, um, 
you know, how close are people together? Can we monitor that? Um, you know, I joked with my team. I'm like, if anybody, if anybody knows how to do a COVID sensor, please let me know. I think that would be very useful for us. <laughs> I don't quite know the technology that we need, but that would be a really good sensor. Um, uh, we are currently working with uh, a company called Eagle Eye Networks. Um, and we are producing for them a reference temperature system that, that they have a uh, video temperature monitoring. So when you come in a building, it, it will tell you basically with a camera that's pointed at your forehead what your temperature is. Uh, it turns out in order for that to be accurate, you need to have basically a standard uh, that is constantly at 40 degrees C plus or minus 0.1 degrees C. And, and we our our wireless sensor system is is there controlling a copper plate that is exactly at 40 degrees C, which is needed to ensure the quality of the measurement from the camera. So, um, you know, these kinds of applications are going to continue to grow. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, this, this application, which we have in our building every, every morning when I come to work, um, even though I know I'm, I don't have a fever, at least I don't think I do. I stop and I sit there and wait for a second or two. And it tells me, Oh, you're 98.6. I'm like, great. I'm not sick. And, uh, and then I, you know, I'm, it's, I'm, you know, I'm proud of the fact that our technology is, is a small part of it that is needed to ensure that that number that that tell me is accurate. So, yeah, I think there's a, uh, the, the number of measurements that, that can be used to ensure the best amount of safety, um, is, is going to continue to grow. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of COVID related, but I think it's more their awareness because of this, that, you know, if you can help people understand how to be more safe in these kinds of really challenging times where it's, it's really hard to know, you know, how to protect yourself. That's where an IOT wireless simple solution that is giving you some insight to be to be a little more safe is is exactly what people need. You know, if you can do it at a low cost, everyone will implement it. Absolutely, everyone. Yeah, I, I agree. Unfortunately, it's what we're learning is with COVID, especially with COVID, that it's more than just a, a potential uh, high temperature <laughs> that could be a, a signal that you are sick. But uh, the overall idea of of this kind of thing applying to COVID and be or being able to be applied to a COVID like situation is very relevant and something that I don't think people consider. No, yeah, I mean you're and you're right. I mean if your temperature is a hundred, yeah, it's too right. late. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to know that so you can go home and not come to the office. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, there's other protective measures you can do in advance. Um, and I, the only way you can do this, and again, I'm, I'm not, I don't have the answer for what the sensors are, but the only way you can do this is with an IOT solution, a simple cost thing where you deploy sensors and they're giving you insight 
into the safety of your employees or the people in your facility. Well, I, th- I think the only like efficient way to do that would be to do it that way, right? And that's not invasive to the overall process and daily operations of a business. And there's something also to think about is like you mentioned, you know, once if you get in and you have a fever, it's already too late. But especially with the COVID, how you could be sick for a number of weeks and not know it and be transmitting it. This IoT solution or system could be set up in a way to be able to give you a better insight into tracking who you've come in contact with or where you've been within a facility to better you know, clean, better protect, better um, inform other individuals that may be exposed to that person. Um, without it, it's a guessing game. That's exactly right. You know, and and there on a little technology side of that, right, is the evolving standards with Bluetooth are, you know, are are incorporating this ability to to use angle of arrival technology to know where things are. I mean, it was literally developed in Finland to watch a hockey puck, but now it's being deployed, you know, generally in, in restaurants and, and, and grocery stores so that you, you know, based on someone who's agreed to sign up with this Bluetooth app, you know, you know where people are and, you know, it's an optim thing. It's not, you know, you know, it's not, that people are sniffing on you, but that's the type of thing that will, you know, it's just going to continue to create opportunities to create better safety and better understanding. Um, uh, yeah. And yeah. And so we're, and we're seeing it more on our phones too. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if you're an Android or an Apple user, but I know in the health settings on Apple, um, there is a, a thing you can turn on and off that they're, you know, it's being marketed as a way to kind of keep track of your um, engagement from a health perspective. Now there's a ton of people who are terrified of this because they think it's just a cover up for being able to track your whereabouts by, by Apple tech companies, government and so forth. So, um, I do think there's a fine line on what can be done and what should be done based on individuals rights to privacy and so forth, but which is always a tricky kind of situation when you get into this balancing those rights and private with for privacy with the, you know, needs of, or we're with the helping us solve the overall problem or potentially trying to solve the problem at least. I totally agree. I mean, there are, there are social and political issues that have to be understood, but I, I think it's it's appropriate for the technology community to make that option possible, uh, so that we can do contract tracing if somebody wants to. And yeah, it, the the that you know that Bluetooth technology that angle of arrival I said is basically contact. It's not really contact tracing, but it's being able to understand where people are in a small environment. And that can be helpful as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, I, we, you and I are on the same page. It's not a big brother thing unless it's implemented improperly. But yeah, it's, it's our, op- our obligation to try to do things that will help and, and let the people and the governments or the institutions use it to improve safety. And that's, that's going to be a big thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very hard to develop anything with good intentions and cover every type of exposure available that somebody could abuse or use it incorrectly. So, but, but the only people, I mean, that are really going to create these are the ones who understand technology. I think most of this is, it, it kind of is requires technology to solve these kinds of problems. Um, but you know, we just got to hope people are good. <laughs> 
Yep. Not always the case, but you know, in the end, that's all you can do. (laughs) Right. Um, But right. This has been a fantastic conversation. I wanted to wrap up by just uh, asking a little bit more on the the Swift side of things. What, what new things do you have going on? What can our audience be kind of on the lookout for if they have questions or want to follow up? What's the best way to connect? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I'll start from the the last question and and then go back to you first. Um, Easiest way to connect with us is uh, our website, www.swiftsensors.com. We're, Everything we have is up there. It's 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 succinct and and really simple about what 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 we're doing. Um, what's coming for us in the future is kind of the the challenges that I talked about about five minutes ago. Is you know we're we're going to come out with a new sensor platform that has significantly better range, probably has a ten x battery life, which is what we believe is you know one of the greater impediments to adoption. And, um, and that's, that's coming really soon. We're already, uh, alpha testing this with a bunch of customers and, and along with that, we're, we're trying to drive more simplicity, uh, with how you set it up and, and all that. And again, I, you know, I think the applications are there, the need is there, but we got to, you know, we got to break through these challenges of simplicity, battery life and range. And if we can do that, people will be able to adopt it in, in much greater numbers. And so it's kind of a simple, uh, you know, a simple answer to you about what's important, but I think, you know, it's not a, it's not a problem that people don't know or want this. They just need technology to deliver the goods. And, uh, that's what I think is incumbent on all of us is to do that. That's where we're making our big investment. I totally agree. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your insights, kind of what you've you know seen in the industry, where you guys are going, what's what's going on on that side of things. I think the advice you share with our audience is fantastic. We don't often get to talk about a lot of these topics, which I've mentioned earlier. So I really appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks for being on the show. You bet. Thank you for having us. It's a, been a real pleasure talking to you. It's been really enjoyable. I, I really appreciate what you're doing to e- explain and help people understand what's possible. Everyone, thanks again for listening to that episode of the IoT for All podcast. I hope you found a lot of value in the episode. If you did, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave a rating or review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Um, feel free to also subscribe to our podcast directly, our newsletter, or our social media to get the latest episode as soon as they become available. Other than that, if you have any interesting guests or anybody you'd like to see featured on the podcast, feel free to reach out to me at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them on the show. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.